Hello and welcome to the Sam Grayson interview series where I talk to changemakers who've dared to be different and stood up and spoken out. We discuss social change that has occurred over the last 30 years, how language has evolved and is evolving and how we still have more work to do. I'm interested to look at the role that the arts play to both inspire, provoke, educate and support social change. Actors, singers, members of parliament, artists, authors, activists and entrepreneurs who all dare join me. Gonna change the game. Hello, and I'm joined today on Daring to Be Different by M. Stroud, creator, clown, podcaster, MC, author, and entrepreneur. Hello, M. And nice to see you at the other side of the microphone today. Thank you very much for having me. Hello. Excellent. Are you having a good day? Is this a good day for you? Today is a good day for me, actually. And I'll tell you why. I've actually been out for lunch with an actual person Gosh. in an actual place. Wow. Without yeah. a mask. Without a mask. I was, well, well, you know, I still wore a mask on public transport because I'm sensible. But in the, but yeah, it was, wow. I was like, oh, this is what it's like to meet people in person. Wow. So real life has started again. Yeah. Slowly. 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 Excellent. Well, thank you for, for joining me virtually today um, um, to be on this podcast. And what I wanted to talk to you about is the fact that you are a clown. Now, there are not many clowns that I know um, and that are kind of out there like you are. And I thought it would be amazing if you could come and have a chat about coming out as a clown, being a clown and being different and um, all of the, that encompasses. So mm. I think we should maybe start with the basics here okay. and talk about what what is a clown what is a clown? That is, it's a really, it's a really good place to start because I think <laughs> so many people are genuinely scared of us, which is very sad because that sort of started in the sixties. So, if you take a step back now, if you think about a clown from my perspective, which is the theatre clown, right? We are in essence the observers of life. So we are the people that say and see the truth. Okay. And we do that. And the easiest way to kind of always contextualize it, I think, is if you think of the court jester or you think of the Shakespearean fool, then you've got an idea of really what us clowns are all about. And the reason that court jesters were there was that they could say what was going on without fear of probably being sort of killed because they would actually <laughs> say the truth, but because they'd make people laugh, yep. they could get away with it. Now, and us clowns, we've been, you know, sort of much sort of... Uh, misaligned and you know the word clown is now used as an insult and yeah. actually it's the opposite we're truth tellers and we always come at the world from a place of kindness and the thing is is that once you kind of explore the world of clowning as I have done it's basically finding a part of you that perhaps is the most childlike part of yourself and for me one of my clowns is orange and actually it just gives you permission just to play and explore and see the world from a different place and surely that as a kind of idea is a really good thing, right? You know, just coming yeah. out of the world from a place of wonder and care. And that's really, in a, in a brief nutshell, there's the history of clowns. <laughs> well, I mean, that really makes sense. I was, I was walking the dogs yesterday, thinking about you, yeah. thinking about clowns and the whole concept and stuff. And I was thinking of like all the expressions, like you say, with the negative connotations, stop mm. clowning around, you're the class clown. And it's yeah. always seen as a bad thing when actually yeah. humour, and I write a lot of plays with comedy in them, to yep. deliver difficult messages and actually yep. humor is often needed isn't it to to get stuff across it's because I think what what we can do as clowns is that 
we can find a way of bringing the light to the dark, yeah. you know, and, and that's the same, you know, like you and I both write plays and do things and it's like actually humour, you know, there's a reason why there's the yin and the yang, there's yeah. the light, there's the dark, and we need both sides. And actually by understanding the craft of clowning, and it really is a craft, when you understand it, it's suddenly like you can see and you can feel and you can say what's going on, which is a really beautiful place to be coming from because actually it can help shift an energy, it can change stuff. And I think when I sort of came out as a clown, to coin a phrase, um, you know, but when I came out as a clown, suddenly it was like, ah, oh, all of these different parts of me then made sense because I've got to play in like loads of different worlds and humor has always been massively important to me. And the clown and the clown sides of me just enable me to explore that even more, which is awesome, right? It, it is, and it's like reclaiming that ability yeah. and almost that lost skill and that lost yeah. role if you like that that caught jester that caught jester played because um, yeah. it is really really important to have truth and honesty um yeah amidst, amidst all the media that we have around us <laughs> so so you know you've taken this you know really seriously and you've written a book and i have to say i you know i love the book we've um we've talked about this before um the book's called lessons from a clown and it helps us to, to play and us to think mm. about you know our inner child and and having some fun you know there's another side of your book that talks about organizing themselves and you've got this whole rainbow philosophy that maybe you could tell us a bit about because mm. I've got ADHD and organization for me is impossible mm. and you know you know, looking at your concept of using different kind of colors and rainbows and stuff to organize tasks is really helpful could you just talk a little bit about that yeah of course I I was probably the most unstructured and probably still am unstructured human being in the world. Yeah. And then I, and then I really remembered that going back about 10 years, I, I, I sort of realized that I was so busy living my life. And because what I do a bit like you, right. Because of, I love what I do. It doesn't really feel like work. Yeah. And then my very dear uni friends who I've known for quite a long time, uh, they were like, um, uh, we've not seen you. And I was like, yeah, but, uh, and they're like, no, we've not seen you. And it was because I was doing shows at the weekends and I was working during the week and stuff. And I suddenly was like, wow, something has to change. Yeah. And then I came up with this whole idea of rainbow diary. And I was like, right, there's seven colors in a rainbow. And if every week I can see those seven colors, then I know that I'm living my life now in the present and not thinking, well, when I've done that, and when I've done this, then I'll do all the things that I really want to do. And for me, you know, those seven colors, they evolve, they change in terms of what is really important to me. But everybody I believe should have exercise and self-care, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. And then you can then put the other things. And so for me, like orange is one of the colors and that's fun and curiosity. Because if you don't put it actually in your diary, how can you possibly expect yourself to really go off and do the things that perhaps make you laugh or make you smile? Because we kind of think, oh yeah, yeah, I'll have time to do that. But we don't. Yeah. And honestly, as somebody that is so deeply unstructured, so I started <laughs> doing it and my life suddenly was like, oh, my life is getting better. This is probably because wow. the Rainbow Diary. And then I was like, well, I've nailed this. Don't need to carry on using it. And then uh -oh. I'm not joking. <laughs> everything went to pot and I was like okay let's let's carry on with the rainbow diary and so for me it's it's really changed my life and I don't think I would have written a book I don't think I'd be doing shows I don't think I'd be a podcaster if I didn't have that bit of structure yeah I know it was it was really, really helpful I know you know sometimes I get stressed and exhausted like everybody mm. else and then I get to the end of the week and then you know reflecting on what you said I thought to myself well how much time have I actually put aside to relax 
do mm. meditation or visualization or just laying on the bed listening to some chill out music and I think back and I think I haven't I've, I've used every tiny millimeter yeah. of of time to do something productive and creative mm. and not allowed any capacity to rest and I think once you put it like that if you did you know if you actually color code physically your diary I think you could you can't avoid seeing that then can you no and you know and I am a realist because sometimes you know life is busy sometimes and so sometimes I won't have red which is see my friends okay but if there isn't red in one week I will make sure it's there the following week or the week after you know so and what's nuts I always sort of think it's like wow you sort of think you don't have time but we do we all have all of the time you like when we go on holiday suddenly we have time to read and time to relax and suddenly we feel like a day goes on for hours because we're on holiday Time is exactly the same when we're at work, but we somehow get caught up in everybody else's agendas and everybody else's sort of needs of us. And for me, it's like, got to be in charge of our own lives, right? Yeah, it's, it's really putting yourself first again, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. putting yourself centre of your own diary in your own life. Even though you think you are, you, you're probably not. Yeah. And, and kind of using those colours to do that, it's really helpful. You know, you mentioned earlier about being at university and being quite chaotic. I, I was wondering... Um, thinking about you if I went back to your school and talked to your teachers and said look Em's doing these amazing things um you know written books and (laughs) she's on stage and you know she's you know inspiring people um what would they have said about you at the time and what do you think they'd say now seeing you um (laughs) I think most of my teachers would fall off their chair (laughs) Uh, you know, because I, I was dyslexic, but they didn't diagnose it. Well done for a pop top private girls school. Won't name it, but well done. Um, I, you know, I was creative and I was good at sport, but I only found out that I was good on stage when I couldn't do sport anymore. So sport wise, they would have been like, yeah, she was good at sport. But honestly, apart from that, apart from a couple of my teachers in my sick form, which was when I discovered, oh, I can make people laugh and I like being on stage and it's better than running around being freezing outside. A couple of my teachers, especially my business studies teacher, uh, and then the sister, because I'd went to a posh girl school, so we had a nurse. Those two, they'd be like, yeah, that's M, but no one else saw me. No one else saw me. So the English teacher would have just been like, really? You couldn't write you've written a book we didn't even think you're going to pass your a level you did so I, I honestly think they would be I think they would be very shocked apart from the two people that actually saw me and I think they'd be like yeah well done well done wow it is amazing isn't it you know sort of how, mm. how you change was there anything kind of pivotal that happened that that got you to be where you are I'm thinking like if anybody's listening to this that wants to step out and embrace this and kind of be more adventurous what was it for you that kind of made you think, right, I'm not doing this anymore. I am, I am funny. <laughs> I am funny. I'm going to do this. I, I dare, I dare to go off and do this. I think a couple of, I think there's been a couple of real sort of pivotal times for me. Uh, one was I, I'd, I'd set up quite a few businesses and a couple of them was did quite well. A couple of them failed. Yeah. And I remember that I was invited to this inspirational women's event up in the city. And I remember going there and I thought, oh, it's in the city. I better better look like people who go to the city look. (laughs) So I remember buying a suit. I don't wear suits. And I remember buying a pair of kitten heels. 
don't wear kitten heels. I don't know what made me do this. And everybody sees me, I've got a quiff, right? And I even kind of flattened that. And I went to this event in the city and I, and I remember just then coming, going there and just disappearing because I'd kind of made myself into what I thought they wanted me to be. Okay. And then I remember going down in the lift and I sat outside and I still smoked then. And I was like, I am never, ever hiding who I am again. Brilliant. And I just remember sitting there going, I'm never doing that again. And then they invited me back the following year and I went as me. And then that was led me to like different business opportunities and things like that. So there was definitely that. And then in terms of the being going kind of fully out there. So I'd sort of kept my improvisation, my comedic part very quiet in the business world because I was like, no one will take me seriously. <laughs> and then and then I just I couldn't hold back the itch and the urge in my sort of late my mid-30s of getting back up on stage and I kind of kept my hand in impro wise but it had all been done quite quietly and yeah. I hadn't really done big shows and then I went nah I need to write my first one woman show and I remember the moment and it was called coming out of my box because I don't like I didn't like people putting me into a box and I think lots of people put ourselves into boxes and then other people put us into boxes and I remember writing that and I remember at the end of the run of that show, just off the West End, I went out to the bar and I saw my uni friends who have always been kind of my biggest sort of fans and friends and all of this stuff since I was quite young. And they just went, that's our end. And I was wow. like, yeah. And I just, from that moment, I then was like, yeah, I have to do more of this. I have to let myself be seen and be who I am and so yeah. from that moment very slowly my business world started to evolve I started to change and suddenly it was like no nah, I'm gonna do more funny I'm gonna be really all of me and I'm not gonna try and keep myself very business or very grown up uh, and lo and behold you know here I am chatting to you you know with a book and a podcast and you know and a film and shows and amazing and yeah and it feels really exciting so it really is about being yourself I mean yeah. first of all you got to work out who that is haven't you to step yeah. into your own shoes um, but then when you know you chuck the kitten heels in the bin you go sod that for you yeah. <laughs> you know game is all just and and then you just yeah you then step forward as yourself so I I know that sort of being gay is not front and foremost of you know what of what you do but mm. I think being gay as part of the mix of who you are and certainly from personal experience you can't help it having an influence on your mm. life and I just wondered what that had done you know to your outlook and an approach to things sort of being gay and going through that process I think uh you know so I, I came out when I was 24 25 so after going to drama school so I think I'd you know as most uh gay people say I think you know I I'd known that I was gay probably from being about nine or ten yeah. <clears throat> but I didn't you know private girls school in Surrey it was pretty low on my priority list to deal with my sexual orientation, <laughs> a fairly traumatic childhood for other reasons. And it took me going to drama school for me to, at the end of drama school, which is basically like the most intense therapy you'll ever go through. And you kind of, you can't be an actor unless you really know who you are. Yeah. And actually, because acting really is about the portrayal of truth. And you know this, you work with lots of actors, it's how do you tap in? And as I left drama school, I was like... 
yeah and I remember doing sending a an email to my mentor and she still is one of my friends and I was like hmm, I think I might be bisexual <laughs> she was like okay great <laughs> knowing full well that I wasn't bisexual at all it was just because I'd gone out with men and I was like oh maybe that's that's acceptable and then yeah. I remember telling one of my new like one of my new London friends when I moved to London and I was like yeah I think I might possibly be gay and she's like what and you're telling this because and I was like <laughs> she was like of course you are and I was like yeah but no but you're not meant to no and and I think as I've got older and especially the fact that I've got a son and making that conscious decision to have a have a child with a gay guy he's my friend um I think it's become more important probably in the last couple of years that actually it is part of who I am and it's not it's not the main part of my identity yeah. but it's part of my identity yeah. and I really am in a place where I realize and I feel more responsibility of like it's so important that there's more lesbians being seen in the world because there's yeah. hardly any visible gay women um and for me I I now it's not it's not a pressure but I definitely want to acknowledge that part of me a little bit more out in the world yep. so that younger women and boys and whoever else you know and people in the trans community go okay cool there's different people she's a clown and she's a lesbian okay maybe I can be me you know yeah and, and I think that's right I mean the, the importance of positive representation and difference yeah. in the media and the arts is just it just is important isn't it mm. um it's funny because I was talking to um, Jane Asher for my last podcast um, right. about positive representation of autistic people. And, you know, she said to me, yes, but I want to see negative representation of that too. I want to see it in all shapes and sizes and, and flavors and let's have a, you know, I know, and I was kind of thinking of having a, you know, me writing a play with a, a villain character that's autistic and, you know, it doesn't have to be positive as in yeah. know, this person has to be a squeaky clean person. It's just, yeah. it's about portraying people as people and and creating art and media around that i mean do you do you think that yeah i think it's so important that we we see all of us you know in arts and media you know and i think you're right you know and you know you as a playwright you know creating that you know maybe maybe somebody that's autistic is not actually very nice that's imagine. okay imagine <laughs> you know or maybe you know lesbian women in a in a play don't treat each other very well and one of them's <laughs> violent imagine it's yeah. it you know I, I think one of the things that I think as creators and people that are putting stuff out as in art it's like we have to we have to allow all of us to be seen you know mm -hmm. we can't just let and this is one of my big things in kind of social media it's like you have to share not just the the sort of the rose, the brightness and the light and, oh, isn't this going really well? It's also yeah. about going, oh, this is really hard or I'm having a bad day and not try and filter what you think other people might want to see. It's about yeah, being all of you. And I think as artists, I think we have a responsibility to do that. And I think that's when we can find more kindness in the world because, you know, ultimately all of us different humans, we all make up part of this bigger thing that's kind of you know the planet and it's like let's let's see all of us with all of our goodness and our badness because then it's like oh okay I'm all right being human you know because yeah, it's much more realistic yeah so so thinking about arts and media you know mm. music books films tv whatever what influences you what what inspires you what do you go to when you're feeling a bit down or need a pickup 
I mean, not to sound too much like a lesbian, but I do go to Tori Amos. I can't help it. Awesome. I love her. I love her. Um, Good choice. And she is, <laughs> she has been, you know, she, you know, she's been a sort of a constant companion throughout my life, you know, because as she's evolved, I've evolved. And she's, I don't know, I think she's about eight or nine years older than me. So I think there was just that extra bit. I was like, oh, wow, she's talking about this, you know, and it was terrifying because Little Earthquakes is something like 30 years old. And I was like, um, oh, how is aging. that possible? <laughs> yeah. um, so Tori has definitely been there. But, you know, then I sort of think of, you know, I've got really genuinely eclectic taste. And I'm a bit of a music geek. So I, I create a new playlist on Spotify every month. And I have done for maybe wow. 10 years. And, you know, you talk about kind of geekiness when it comes yeah. down to music. I, I love pulling in everything from sort of hip hop to drill to jungle to classical. And I'll try a full album. And if I don't like it, then I'll get get rid of it off that playlist. But I want to explore yeah. things. Um, and then, you know, I Radiohead again, as they mm-hmm. I love my guitar stuff. And I used to sing in a band that was a guitar band. And then when they went dancey, I'd gone a bit dancey. And now they've gone a bit. Then they went experimental and arty. And I was yeah. like, I'm experimental and arty. <laughs> So, you know, so, so Radiohead, uh, Tory, and then, and then I sort of have, I don't know, I I think there are certain songs that I go to that kind of fuel my soul, you know, like there's a couple of Massive Attack songs, which are sung by um, Tracy Thorne, you know, and it's, you know, protection and better things. And they're kind of my go-to, it's like, and then everything just disappears. and then, I mean, literally, I could wax lyrical about music for you know for 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 days. But those those two people, that person and that band, when I was thinking about what music has always stayed with me throughout my life, it's yeah. those two. Amazing, really, really cool choices. So, um, um I know we're going to have a chat with Orange um, mm. shortly. Um, the, 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 the Oina Clown. Yeah. But I want to ask you before before we do that. Yeah. Because um. I, I just want to understand what's next for you. You've got so much on your plate. You've, you're so multifaceted. You've achieved an enormous amount in the last 12 months. I'm just wondering, what are you doing now? <laughs> so there's a couple of things that I'm really focusing on. Uh, so the first one is I made the trailer of my film, and uh, which is called Reframed, which is the, sort of the film version of my last one woman show, because strange enough, theatre wasn't that useful in, during COVID. <laughs> uh, and so I'm in the process of um, getting investment for that. So this year that film will be made. Uh, that's, you know, and it's like going to be my last autobiographical story. It's like, then that's me done. I'm 42 now, move on. <laughs> I'm going to make funny and silly shows. But yeah, so that uh, I'm also just starting uh, my second book which is called Laugh Think Play uh, okay. and it's going to be like a manifesto to change the world that's my working title wow. uh, okay. so I'm in the process of writing the intro and then I'm going to do some research for that and then my other piece which is links to Laugh Think Play is that I am launching sort of very I'm genuinely very excited. So I've got three co-founders uh, and me, and we're going to be launching Laugh, Think, Play, which is my new global movement, because Gosh. I think the world should laugh more, think more and play more. And so we're going to have lots of different things going on with that. So sort of September time, that's going to properly launch like the Laugh, Think, Play school and then wow. like a Laugh, Think, Play experience and things like that. So those things are my 
those are, they, I mean, that'll do. That'll do. An MC uh, and some uh, gigs. Yes. You know, <laughs> and you've got your podcasts that you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. How, how many have you hit now? You've done so many, I can't keep up. Uh, I think I'm. I think I'm like at episode 110 or something. You know, that's insane. Wow. Because well, I did one a week. Uh, you Gosh, know, I've done yeah. one a week, and I think I've only taken. I took two weeks off this Christmas, and I because I because I genuinely love it, and it's you know it's the podcast to make people laugh and think. Yeah. And the thing is, there's so many things I can clown around. You know, like you and I chatted about hidden disabilities, and then I've been yeah. clowning around therapy or clowning around Formula One or clowning wow. around more choice. So there's so many there's so many cool people. So I love it. So uh, yeah, that's going to carry on for a while. So I love it. Wow. Well, I look forward to seeing what else you do and, and helping us embrace our inner clown. So over to Orange. OK, I'm, I'm going to have to go and get Orange because Orange is out there. So I'm okay. just going to have to hold on one second. OK, excellent. Thank you. I'm Stroud. Very exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Hello, Orange. And hello. how are you today? I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> it's so nice to talk to you because I've um, Em told me loads of things about you because you're apparently really awesome and do loads of really cool things it's very nice to be here hello <laughs> hello and thank you for talking to me listen I wanted to ask you um you know I like your a... hair <laughs> your <laughs> hair's really cool it's kind of blonde it's very it's cool. kind of blonde I think that's yeah. a fair description is that kind of behind you <laughs> it's a surfboard <gasps> do you go surfing I'm going to try when the weather warms up. Oh, yes, I am. Definitely. I've never been surfing. I don't know if I could do it, but I probably could. Everybody go surfing. <laughs> surfing USA. Do, 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 do. Can I ask you some advice, Orange, please? Yes. I want to understand from you how I can embrace my inner clown and play more. What do you think? Well, firstly, you've just got to let yourself do it. You've okay. just got to do it. And what you've got to do is like every day you've got to go, I'm going to play. And then you kind of look up and then you go, oh, there are so many cool things that I could play with. Right. This is a pen. This is M's pen. She okay. writes things with it, but I could draw with it. So I could draw <laughs> really cool things. And look, it's orange. <laughs> so look, I could draw. Do, 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 do. It doesn't matter what it looks like, but I've just played. So you just need to play, you see. So you need to go, right, stop being grown up. I mean, it's good to be a grown up. And I'm just going to go and I'm going to play. And you literally have to put it and you go play. And then you will before you know it. And I'm, I'm seeing orange is a, you know, you have a bright orange jacket on, you like orange. Is, is colour important as part of this? I'm, I wear a lot of black and dark colours. Why would you do that? Just <laughs> trying to be cool, I think. I'm not sure. Oh, I mean, I get that to be cool. <laughs> but the thing is, then no one can see you because you're too busy being cool. Whereas if you've got colours, everybody sees you. I do actually wear, you know, because as you can tell, I wear a very lovely hat, you see, which is Your trilby is gorgeous, yes. Yes, yes thank you. And I actually do wear grey, um, normally sort of grey, nice trousers, you see. So it's not all about the colours. So you can look cool and colourful. So yes, I definitely think that you should do that because I think you could look, and imagine with your hair, it would match. And then you could wear different things and people would be like, who's that cool person with the blonde hair and the colourful things? And everyone would be like, it's Sam. And then you get to play with them and everybody would love you. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Uh, is, uh, and footwear. Yes. I, I, have, I have heard you may have got some new trainers recently. Maybe. And what colour may they be? Orange. <laughs> <laughs> They're orange. And have they helped part of the play process? 
having bright orange trains. They look really amazing. Of course they have. <laughs> no, no, because it's very important that you have things that make you happy, you see. And they don't okay. have to be deep and meaningful. They can just be very small things. But you see, like, what's amazing with this is that like, I can put my hands in here and it moves in a very strange way, you see, this coat. And it's <laughs> magical. So you do these things and then suddenly everything is possible. And that's the thing, because everything really is possible. And then if you've got things that make you happy, then you're happy because that's all we can be is happy. I think that's a good point. Since having kids, I mean, my kids are 10 and seven now, but since having kids, they've really helped me to play. I think I was getting a bit too serious. But oh. um, do you think we could learn a lot from kids? Yes, but also we can learn a lot from ourselves if we just pay attention. And okay. suddenly you can see cool things and you're like, you've got a surfboard behind you. It's like, <laughs> go do that. It's like, don't sit at a computer. That's boring. <laughs> I don't know why my dog's just talking. My dog's just barking. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> my dog just barked over me <laughs> i think the dog's part of the show now which is fantastic orange it has been an absolute privilege to meet you and the me dog too. what's the what's the dog called the dog's called charlie i don't think charlie's 100 percent convinced by me but it's because you know he's kind of looking at me going what but he's lovely. He's very nice. I'd very much recommend getting a dog. And I can I just say, I think it's brilliant. And I love the fact that you've got brown things behind you, which looks like a door, but I know it's not on a surfboard. It's very cool. <laughs> thank you. And thank you very, very much, Orange, for chatting and daring to be different. You're welcome. I'm going to go now. Probably Em will probably want to come back and be really boring. Bye. <laughs> Bye. A fabulous amount of chaos. Yeah, thanks. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> my, it's it's fascinating because Charlie, my lovely dog, is yes. is um genuinely because it's a different energy. So yes. he doesn't recognize me. And then he I, literally was just staring at me going like that. Sorry, an orange going. What yeah. is this? That's an aura shift. You're just not even the same person anymore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. High octane. Um, honestly, thank you so much for chatting today and kind of sharing the journey that you've had with us and being, and being on my show. And thank you for daring to be different. You're welcome. You're gonna change the game. Thank you to M Stroud and Orange for joining me today. Whenever I've spent time with M, I'm always left with a feeling that I've had a big glass of something really refreshing and fizzy. And that energy stays with me for hours afterwards. It's a good reminder that we need to remember to play.